Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Um, please excuse my voice. <laughs> I went out last night to see this DJ set. This is very unlike me, but it's this group called Fleetwood Mac, and they do like dance party remixes to Fleetwood Mac songs. And my friend and I went. It was like a not a late night thing, but like a, a nighttime thing because it it like was at a bar. We didn't get there until like 11. It was in the city. I didn't get home until after 3. I didn't go to sleep until 4. I slept until 11.30, which is not something that I do. And I feel like shit. I didn't drink, obviously, but I was smoking cigarettes and screaming over the music and just being out like way later than I normally do. Like, I never leave my house after 9 o'clock, you know? I left my house at like... 9.45. (laughs) It was really, really fun, but I feel, truly, I feel hungover today, and my voice sounds like shit, and also, I think my allergies are just going insane, because I can't stop blowing my nose, (laughs) so I can hear how I sound, at least to myself, and hopefully, it doesn't sound so crazy to you all, but, you know, the show must go on. I am an artiste, and I must keep, I was going to say keep singing, (laughs) I saw Tar this week. Have any of you guys seen Tar with Kate Blanchett? I can't stop thinking about it. Kate was amazing, but like the rest of the movie, I decided to go to an 8 p.m. movie on a Thursday night, which I never do. Just two nights in a row of things I never do. It's probably why I'm feeling so shitty today. Um, I... I just don't usually go to movies on work nights in general, especially not at 8 p.m. I also didn't realize the movie was three hours long until a little bit into the movie, maybe an hour and a half. I googled how long is this movie and saw that it was like two hours and 50 minutes. I did that because there was like two other people in the theater and they were sitting in front of me. And it was like a recliner seat theater anyway, so they they couldn't see my phone. Don't worry, I, I do not use my phone during movies. It's actually one of the main reasons I love to go to the movies, and I go to the movies pretty regularly when there's stuff out that I want to see because I have bad ADHD and I'm addicted to my phone, and so it's like impossible for me to just sit at my house and watch stuff. I'm always doing like 18 things at once, and so I love to go to a movie theater where I watch the fucking movie. I don't go on my phone. It's it's a nice escape, if you will. So I saw Tar, and I definitely recommend it. <laughs> I get The movie is really fucking weird. I still, it's been two days, I still am not sure, like, how I feel about the movie. Lydia Tar as a character, played by Kate Blanchett. Chef Kiss Perfect, so amazing. Probably gonna win the Oscar, unless Michelle, what's her last name? Yi from Everywhere, Everything All at Once wins, which I also saw back in March, I think, when it was out. Uh, two movies that I went into not knowing anything about. And I I enjoyed overall as a movie, Everything Everywhere, all at once, more than Tar, I believe. But I would be happy with either one of them winning. I'm really excited to see The Fablemans in a few weeks. I have a movie ticket for tonight, actually, that I bought yesterday. Because uh, sometimes I do that, and Fandango lets you, like, cancel a movie ticket up right until the show starts, but I don't think I'm going to make it because it was for 7.15 and it's 4.50 at this current time. 
So we'll see if I can get there. We'll see. Uh, that's for Triangle of Sadness, which I also don't really know what that's about, but I keep seeing people talk about it. I like to go to the movies not knowing what, like, I don't need to know what something is about before I see it. As long as I see that people that I trust usually liking it, I like to see it. Um, but I don't go to the movies for a lot of the year because I don't like action movies as a rule. I really don't like action movies. I do not watch superhero movies. I, I do not watch them. I think I saw, I mean, I know I did. I saw the first Spider-Man. I think that's the only one I've seen of like any of those Marvel DC movies. I just don't fuck with them. I don't like them. Uh, but once the Oscar movies start coming out, I usually try and see a lot of them. So anyway, Teen Mom, I missed you all last week. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> I like saying that like if somebody was like, no, I don't understand. I would have put out a podcast episode. I was out of town and I had a really long paper, which by the way, the paper was a fan. You had to do like an assessment on a family. It was not allowed to be any longer than 10 pages, I think. And it was really fucking hard to write it in 10 pages because there's so much that had to be in there. Uh, you could do it on your own family or um, a family like on TV, a fictional family or a reality TV family. And because I am doing an internship at an adoption place this year, I figured I would do my paper on a family that has adoption in it. And then it would like my supervisor uh, at my what's it called? My internship and I could talk about it so it could count as internship hours. My supervisor is amazing. She like has been an adjunct at my university before for social work. So she like knows all about it and likes uh, her interns to incorporate their papers into the internship if possible. And so I decided I would do Caitlin and Tyler. (laughs) So I wrote a long ass paper. I mean, I know eight or 10 pages doesn't sound that long. And in undergrad, that wasn't that long, but it's actually quite long for my master's program. Usually our papers are really no longer than six pages. Um, Like they're not allowed to be longer than that. And it's unusual that I'm writing on so many topics. This like truly had 15 different fucking things I had to write about. Usually it's like five to six pages pretty much on one singular topic. So it was just like a lot of information. I think I had 20 sources in this 10 pages, you know, like there was just a lot to put in and I'm going to then, Jesus Christ, I swear to God, I never set my Apple watch off except for when I'm recording this podcast and it scares the shit out of me every time. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so I wrote all about Caitlin and Tyler and their family dynamics and family rules and how adoption impacts them. And then I'm going to do like a further treatment plan for them later in the semester. So I love to write about Teen Mom. This is my second Teen Mom paper. Um, Also, I don't really know if I'm going to get a chance to do it because we have a, a really big class. But every class, but it's really turning out to be every other class, we're watching um like a clip that a student brings in showing a family because this is a family therapy class. And I am probably going to do a Teen Mom clip. I'm thinking something of Janelle and Barb. It's just like a five minute clip. So I think I'm going to like pick out five minutes of them screaming at each other. (laughs) 
Nobody's done a reality TV family yet, which is really wild. Most people, a lot of them have been Disney movies, which I understand because, like, Disney movies are about families. Uh, and I think a lot of them have children. A lot of my classmates have children, so they're watching these. But anyway, it's like 10 minutes in. I haven't talked about actual teen mom yet. Thank you for indulging me in my ranting. So I wasn't here last week, and the big news last week was that um, Jalen has moved out of Leah's house, we we guess. We don't really know anything. There is pictures of him moving furniture out of the home. Now, in this same article is by TMZ, that TMZ had the pictures. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I How TMZ got pictures of this, I'm not so sure. Although in the past, Leah has had people send pictures in. I don't know. I don't think it's crazy to imagine that people that live in these pretty small towns and know that a teen mom, like a famous person lives near them, would snap a picture of them like, on their cell phone and send it to TMZ. Like, that to me isn't crazy. I don't think most of the pictures that are caught by them are, like, paparazzi. They're just, like, neighbors who was like, oh, holy shit, Lee and Jalen got a divorce, are breaking up, and look, he's moving furniture. Let me pop outside to my car and take a picture of them as I walk out. So, in the TMZ article, though, it said that Leah bought the house, um, So there's been a lot of, like, speculation on, well, did she pay for the mortgage? Did she put the down payment down? Uh, I personally think that TMZ just doesn't know what they're talking about. TMZ doesn't cover Teen Mom a lot anymore. Um, I think that they assumed Leah paid for the house. I don't know. Maybe a source they talked to from Leah did say it and they didn't do any sort of fact-checking because the son, who is the new Teen Mom Beat, it's been interesting, like, throughout the last 10 years watching. I mean, really more than 10 years at this point. Oh, that's... I'm, like, just slowly drowning to death watching the show Teen Mom. (laughs) It's like a pillow over my face is, like, slowly suffocating me uh, watching this show. But I'll be here till the bitter end with all of you, right? (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. So, oh, it's been interesting watching over the years, watching who, like, covers the Teen Mom beat because it's moved around from different publications. And right now, it's The Sun, which is a terrible newspaper. Yes, they're owned by Monsters. Yes, Monsters right there. Yes. But so it's basically all of the media I consume, unfortunately. And now I'm, you know, a regular on Elon Musk's Twitter. So... (laughs) It's really hard to be discerning with media consumption um, as far as like, I don't know. I think if you have a critical eye, it's not good to give them clicks, right? It's really hard to be a conscious consumer is what I'm saying of multiple things. Um, So I don't know if TMZ like knows what they're talking about because the sun, the day that these pictures came out, fucking called up the county clerks just to clarify that only his name is on the deed. Now, that day, I did go on their county appraiser site and try to find a copy of the mortgage because at least the thing that I loved about living in Florida is that everything is posted online because of their sunshine laws. That's why there's always those like Florida man news stories. It's not necessarily because the state of Florida has more weird news stories. It's that like Everything that happens in Florida is public record. There's a documentary I watched once. 
about pre it, this happened pre Duke, uh, but a woman that was a stripper stripped at a frat and then was maybe sexually assaulted on camera, maybe not. Um, that's kind of the point of the movie. It's truly the most disturbing documentary I've ever watched in my life. And this happened, I believe, at UF. And so the documentary shows the video throughout the whole thing because this happened in fucking Florida. And none of it was like it all went on the record. None of it was sealed. And it's all easily available to the public. I don't even remember what it was called. It was really fucked up. I would never watch it again. It was re- like I like I was kind of upset after I watched it, honestly. But in Florida, it's so easy to find, um, like, deeds and mortgages online. And I did that, like, when I worked at the real estate law firm in Florida. Like, part of my job was just looking shit up like that. And so I was trying to find it. Uh, I couldn't access their county's, like, their, like, where they put the home records up. They had the property taxes up and that didn't show like any like either Jalen or Leah as the owner it showed the previous owners but those I mean we I have a client right now that sold something back in December 31st 2021 and his name is still on the tax bill and he like is going back and forth with the county and the new owners like trying to get them to fucking fix it and it's still not happening and it's been almost a year at this point so I know those get updated really slowly like I said I couldn't find the deed I don't know if it just hasn't been updated if the website wasn't working which kind of seemed like it was like one of the websites I kept trying to get access to wasn't working but I don't know if that was actually where I needed to look um and it's really possible that their their county is very far behind on updating deeds like I don't know if any of you for work have to talk to like government agencies but it's gotten better but for work, I often have to call, like, the Pennsylvania or Delaware, like, I don't even know what they're called, the business departments of the state. And there was a point in which they were six full months behind. And these, this, this is, like, the official state business department of Pennsylvania, right? And you would call and, like, they would have a pre-recorded message before any other information that was, like, we are currently processing documents filed on this date. And it would tell you the date because they were so far behind. Um, so, and that is, like I said, that's, like, at the state level. So, an underfunded county in West Virginia, I could imagine, is, like, quite behind on uploading documents to their websites. Anyway, that was a really long roundabout way of saying that. The Sun has, like... They say they've confirmed with the county clerk that Jalen's name is on the deed and just Jalen. I I tend to think that TMZ just doesn't know what they're talking about. Some people have said it is possible for Leah's name to be on the mortgage and his name to be on the deed. Fine. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that changes per se, whatever. But I guess that's possible, except it came out this week that Leah... <laughs> has like a $450,000 tax lien that she got in 2020 and it still hasn't been paid off. And that, to me, would explain why this house was bought totally in Jalen's name. Um, I've seen some other people say that it, also if he gets the like the the VA loan or whatever. I don't know if it's a VA loan. 
But it's like if you're in the military, you get like a 0% interest loan. And so he wouldn't be able to like have Leah on the deed if he gets that because they're not married. They weren't married yet at that point. But yeah, I'm definitely like curious what's going on here. If he did move out, what the deal is. Leah having this huge tax lien is on one hand not surprising. Um, I don't want to say she hasn't been paying on it because what we saw with Caitlin and Tyler, which to me was very illuminating at least, was it didn't reflect on their account or whatever that it was being paid on until it was paid off totally for that first lien. So I'm guessing if you're making payment, like payments to the IRS, it just doesn't show up until like they totally clear the lien. So it's very possible she's been paying it off. How these women that have been 1099 employees managed to get that, I mean, they probably got audited for what, 2015, 2016, isn't that what it was for Caitlin and Tyler? And they didn't get hit with it until 2020, but like their first season of 16 Pregnant was in like 2009, and they were 1099 for that. Like, I, I don't understand, by the way, if you don't know, if you like live outside of America, there's... A couple, but the two big uh, statuses or like employee status you can have is a W-2, which is what most people are. That means you have a boss and a solid schedule and you work at a place that pays your employment taxes for you. And every paycheck you get, there's a bunch of taxes taken out of it. And at the end of the year, you often get a tax refund um, from the taxes that are taken out of your paycheck throughout the year. Now, if you're a 1099 employee that's an independent contractor, that means you're just getting paid and you are responsible for the taxes. Um, My first year of 1099 stuff was 2020. I've always been a W-2 worker and that was my first year on Patreon. And I made money, but not like an insane amount of money. And so for 2021, I was paying quarterly based on my 20. 20 income and at the end of the year I mean I got a tiny little penalty it wasn't a big deal but my accountant had based that off of the 2020 uh, taxes and at the end of the year I had to pay over ten thousand dollars in taxes which was fine I had the money and I like as I was paying I was like this is not enough like that I this is not because it's like close to 30% that you pay out of the cash that's given to you because like when I take the money out of Patreon it just goes right into my bank account. There are no taxes taken out. Um, it was just Patreon's cut, and then it go- all goes to me. And I, like, knew there wasn't enough. So, I mean, I it just came out of my savings, and I kind of assumed I was going to have to pay it. Anyway, it was, oh, my God, it was a nightmare because I also had to pay my first quarter taxes for 2022 at the same time. And I sent between the IRS and the state of Pennsylvania, I sent them, I think it was... $16,000 or something. It was insane. Um, Now my quarterly payments are much higher for this year. So hopefully at the end of the year, because that's another thing, if you're 1099, you're technically supposed to be paying four times a year instead of at the end of the year. Um, So hopefully my taxes this year, I'm paying enough and I won't have to <laughs> pay a lump sum again. But I don't, I like, I, I, I go to the account my dad has had for a very long time, but he's not like some financial wizard. Like I'm sure like I'm sure wherever they're living, there are 
accountants that could help them. I know I am like really privileged because I grew up with a dad that's a stockbroker. And so when it comes to money stuff, like my dad has a wealth of information, right? Like he has been working in the money field for 30 plus years. He has a graduate degree. Like I, I do recognize that. And I recognize that like, if you have nobody that's like, Hey, you have to pay 30% of that money that MTV is giving you. How would you know? Right? Like if, most people in your family have been W-2 their whole lives. How would they know what you do for 1099? Um, but after like, if this is happening on like 2015, 2016, 2017 type paychecks, like they had been on TV for a while at that point. I don't really get how they could, like, I don't know. I just don't get why they don't have people managing their money. Um, And also the thing is, even if it was through, like, let's say in 2018, Leah got an accountant or something, why he didn't, like, go through her past tax returns with her and was like, we have to edit these. Because that's another thing. Like, if you, you can go back, like, I could go back to a previous tax return and file an amendment right now and, like, change what I owed them and send them more money or whatever. Um, so I, I just don't get what's going on with Leah. I don't get it. And all like all of them that have these taxes, like I'm pretty sure Janelle has a tax lien right now. And like that, she's just not paying that. Right. <laughs> like that I get. But Leah, who has supposedly been in this great place for the last six years, like, why aren't you paying your taxes? Kate and Tyler, why aren't you paying your taxes? Like, you know you have to pay your taxes. So why aren't you paying it? You guys can afford to pay it. It just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I just don't know how you can, like, live with yourself keeping $450,000 from the government. Not out of, like, an ethical reason, which I, I do think it's an ethical reason. Pay your fucking taxes, especially when you make millions of dollars for being on television. Pay your goddamn taxes. But it's like not even that. It's like I would feel sick to my stomach at all times if I thought that I was like getting away with tax fraud. <laughs> like I just wouldn't be able to deal with that stress. So I really don't know how they do it. Um, okay, let me take a quick break and then we have some more stuff to talk about. And then we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Team Mom Next Chapter, which were both extremely boring and I do think we're going to continue on the every other week format uh like I said I'm a little worried that I'm not gonna want to watch team mom the next chapter but we'll cross that bridge when we get there okay so the other thing I wanted to talk about is kale and her is she or is she not pregnancy thing um another picture has come out in which she is at vivi's birthday party and somebody sold a picture of her from there which is nuts uh to say the least but she looks pregnant but also maybe she's not and there's really not that much to say about it but people are asking me constantly and i still am agnostic towards the pregnancy I kind of think she's not pregnant. Um, I, I I don't know. I It's really hard to say. I kind of think she's not pregnant, but I also wouldn't be surprised if she is pregnant. 
she's been talking about getting her tubes tied and that that's going to happen soon. And it would make sense if she was getting the tubes tied after she has another baby. Um, I also can believe... (sighs) I can believe, I guess, that she wouldn't be announcing she's pregnant. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to guess if I think that she would get more attention if she announced or more attention that she likes if she's trying to hide it. Um, I kind of think if she is pregnant again, it might be Chris's baby personally. Um, I'm also kind of guessing it's another boy because if it was a, if she is pregnant and it's a girl, I think she would announce it. But I am just kind of of the mind that, like, we're going to know soon enough, you know, (laughs) like, either by the, like, the new year or maybe a little early into the new year, she's, like, going to have a baby or she's not. And there's no, there's no getting around that. And if she doesn't have a baby, then she doesn't have a baby. And if she does, I won't be shocked per se. I do think it would be a bad decision for her much like I thought Creed and Lux were both bad decisions for her, uh, Kale doesn't make very good decisions. And I know that there's like, is it that guy Elijah's her last, I don't, are they still together? I, I really don't know. Uh, if it was her and Elijah's or whatever, it could be Malik's, that guy she was with before Elijah, or in my opinion, it could be Chris's. <laughs> I mean, really it could be Javi's. Oh, by the way, Kale's saying, did I talk about this? That Kale's saying that Lauren and Javi are back together. Um, You know, (laughs) it's really Lauren girly. What are you doing? Why are you making these choices? Javi is a bad person. He's not going to change. Get away from him. Anyway, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know if Kale's pregnant or not. I get a lot of DMs about this. And I just, I really don't have an answer you know, and I don't, I don't love posting pics of Kale's stomach and being like, let's discuss if she's fat or pregnant. Like, I I just really, I don't love it. And like, there's endless Reddit threads, like, look, Kale looks pregnant here. And then there are 600 comments on each one where people are like, no, she's just pregnant. Or no, she's just fat. Yes, she's pregnant. She's definitely pregnant. Anybody denying it's a fucking idiot. Look at that. And then other people being like, I'm not pregnant and my stomach looks exactly like that. That's exactly how I carry weight. So there's just like not much to discuss. So I'm putting on the record that I'm still agnostic to the idea of Kale's pregnancy. I will be surprised neither way. Um, Okay, that's I think that's it for news in the last week or two. Uh, Let's talk about Teen Mom, the next chapter, which is. Oh, really boring show. A really boring show. Uh, The Girls Night In is back and I am, I do like Girls Night In, but they're watching recent episodes and recent episodes of Teen Mom suck. So like, why, why would I want to watch, even if it is funny to watch their commentary on it, I don't want to watch people from Teen Mom 2 watching Teen Mom OG the last season, you know? I want to watch them watching early seasons. I don't really get why they're not doing that. Um, It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it would be a way better show if they were doing that. Um, MTV Call Me, I have ideas. (laughs) Okay, so the first episode starts out with them still in Florida, uh, Cheyenne is talking about the fact that when she got in the car accident, because remember the car was shot at 
And then in an attempt to flee, they crash into a car in front of them and the airbags went off. And she, something like in her breast implants got fucked up, which makes total sense to me. Um, you know, you have a foreign object in your body and it's hitting against an airbag. People get really hurt from airbags. So she is finally going to deal with it. Uh, she still hasn't found a therapist. Macy's asked her if she found a therapist. Girl, you go to a therapist. She's like, well, I did go to a rage room and that really helped. And I'm like, what? <laughs> First of all, no, it didn't because we watched it on TV and you did the rage room and then you sat and hysterically cried at the end. Second of all, that's not a therapeutic activity. <laughs> like, Releasing some bent up stress is good, I guess. Although you guys know I don't love the idea of rage rooms. I personally don't like the idea of um, violence to release anger. It makes me nervous. Um, I don't think it's like inherently bad for every person, right? Like I am somebody that's not really an angry person. Like I don't have big anger emotions in that way. I get frustrated. I get annoyed. I get angry. But I'm not a person with like out of control anger. And like if I went to a rage room and was like throwing stuff after a particularly bad week, I don't think it would trigger me to be violent in some way, you know, like, but I do think that there are a lot of people that have like uncontrolled rage issues and the idea of them going to these places and like setting off those endorphins that come from the, the throwing the stuff around and the breaking shit and like engaging in violent behavior really worries me. It's why, People are like, if they have anger management, they should go to boxing. And it's like, no, (laughs) no, they shouldn't. (laughs) That's not it's not a good from everything that I've read on it. I know I'm not a therapist. uh, It's just not a good way to treat anger and like a desire to hurt things. Or like if you're a person that when you're angry, like resorts even unconsciously to like physical behavior, it's not good to like further develop that. (laughs) You're supposed, like it's the opposite. Like you need to be figuring out how to de-escalate, right? Not how to like train your brain into being like, oh, this feels good to release my anger this way. Like just because it's in a controlled space doesn't somehow make it good. So I don't know. I don't love the idea of rage rooms. I think they're fine as like an activity, right? Like, (laughs) they're fine as like, wouldn't this be fun to go and you like throw shit around and you're like, ah, I'm having so much fun. I don't love the idea of it being a therapeutic activity is what I'm saying, which is how Cheyenne is presenting it. Like I said, we watched that shit on TV and it did not help Shy because she did it. And then she sat on the floor hysterically crying because Cheyenne is in a really bad mental place. I'm really worried for Shy. I think that like, she's not treating this seriously enough, honestly. And I think the people around her aren't encouraging her enough. Uh, She's very close with her family. Her family should be insisting that she goes to a therapist. Now, I know that you can't force people to get help, right? Like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, why aren't they forcing Cheyenne to get help? But at least what we're seeing on the show, I don't feel like we're seeing enough people be like, hey, Shy, you need to go to therapy, girl, because this isn't, this isn't good. This is, you seem on edge 24-7. My understanding that it's been a year since this happened from filming and she's still 
hysterically crying about it often, which makes sense. Something really fucking scary happened to her. So she almost died. Her children almost died in the car with her. Her husband almost died in the car with her. Like, that is so fucking scary and so traumatic. And the idea that she's just like winging it is really worrisome to me because it doesn't seem like she's making real progress, right? Like if if it's been a year, and I'm not saying like you get better in a year. That's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, it's possible that she's going to struggle with this for years, if not the rest of her life, which is sad and hard, but the truth, right? Like she went through a very traumatic incident. But I I do think how raw she is still a year later is concerning. And when I see people like in this situation, I just want to be like, I want you to get help because like you don't have to feel this way, right? Like, and maybe not even therapy, like maybe she needs to go on meds for a while just to like release some of that anxiety. She's so anxious. I feel so much for her watching her because I can, I like feel her anxiety, like jumping off the screen and it's just a miserable way to live, right? Like it's a really miserable way to live like that. And she doesn't have to live like that necessarily. And so I just wish that people in her life would be like, let's slow down. Maybe we don't need to plan this wedding right away. Maybe we don't need to buy a new house. Well, I mean, I do understand the moving thing because it happened right outside of their house. But like, maybe we don't need to plan a wedding right away. You and Zach can go get legally married. And then in another year, you can have a big wedding. Like, let's just focus on getting you healthy. And the fact that she waited a whole year to get that boob thing fixed is concerning to me. Um, I know some people like are very easily able to ignore physical pain. I am not. <laughs> I'm not that type of person. I would have been at the hospital two days later. Like, I need you to fix this. Um, I'm not somebody that puts off physical pain stuff. I just I'm a little baby. And it's possible that she has a much higher pain tolerance than me. But in general, like, it it just speaks to another thing, right? Like, another mental health thing that she's experiencing, that she has something pretty serious happening. She thinks that she bursts an implant, and she's waiting a year to get it fixed. Like, that's concerning, because first of all, if you burst an implant, like, you can get sick, Yolanda Hadid. We all watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when you thought you had chronic Lyme disease, And really, like, you had fucking a burst implant that was leaking into your body. I also watched a True Life episode many years ago. Do you guys remember that True Life episode? Um, It must have been, I'm getting breast augmentation of some kind, where the girl, like, got really, really sick from her breast implants. I have remembered that for many years. (laughs) And... Yeah, it's just like it's not it's it's worrisome to me that she's neglecting her physical health in that way because she's like too scared to deal with it. Um, In this upcoming episode, she says like she goes to her lunch with her friend and she says like, I'm too scared to do this because I feel like I've already had my one chance of living and that like if I go under the knife, like. God's gonna like take that back and I'm like oh my god this is like I'm not sure that MTV is really showing the seriousness of like how deteriorating her mental health seems to be because that's 
really scary thinking. That is, it's not suicidal. I don't want to say that. But like the drasticness of that thinking is really worrisome to me. And once again, I wish that she was seeing a therapist who could help her walk through that because it isn't a rational fear. I mean, it's not a ra- like totally rational. It's always a risk to have surgery, but it has nothing to do with surviving the shooting, right? Like the risks of surgery have nothing to do with you escaping with your life and your children and everybody escaping from this thing mostly unharmed it has nothing to do with it. And the fact that, like, I mean, her friend is, her friend is great, right? Her friend is really nice, really assuring. She's like, you know, that's not true. Like, that's not how it's going to happen. She had a really good analogy that was like, well, if you had broken your arm in the car crash, like, you would have went and got a cast and treated it. And this is very similar, which I definitely agree with. Like I say, I, I think her friend was good in this episode, but I'm definitely, like, If that, like, that's really, it's just scary thinking to me to hear somebody saying, like, I'm scared of taking care of my physical health because if I do, I might die because I didn't die from this traumatic thing that happened before. You're you're in bad territory. And once again, she just doesn't have to feel that way. Um, Oh, by the way, before we leave Florida, because now I'm like fully talking about shy, uh, they find out that Roe v. Wade was overturned, which becomes a point, a conversation for, like, Macy's segment. Uh, I mean, look, I think people don't like that they're talking about it. I think people find it very ham-fisted. Teen Mom's not about politics, blah, blah, blah. You all know that I think Teen Mom is an inherently political show. It's why this podcast is never going to be the top podcast. Because I think Teen Mom is political and that all of these episodes should have a political lens in which we look through. (laughs) And a lot of people don't like to listen to that. (laughs) But I don't know. For me, it's like, I don't know how we have the show Teen Mom without talking about Roe v. Wade being overturned. I think all of you as listeners know that. We've been talking about abortion since episode one of Feathers in My Hair. I've been talking about abortion in regards to Teen Mom since 16 and Pregnant season one, episode one aired. So to me, this isn't ham at all. It's entirely relevant. And I also am of the belief that, like, look, nobody watches Teen Mom anymore, right? There are 22 of us. If there are two people out of that 22 people that really just, like, don't know about it somehow and they get a little bit of information from the girls on this show talking about it, then I say, let's fucking talk about it. Like, bringing awareness to abortion rights is never ham-fisted to me. It's never inappropriate. It's never forced. Like, all I want at all times is to be bringing awareness to abortion rights in this country. Many of these women live in states now that do not have abortion anymore. Leah in West Virginia. Macy in Tennessee. There's basically no abortion in either of those states. Breeze in Florida, which is like, I believe Indiana still is okay. Where do the other people on the show live? Okay, actually, Indiana currently has an abortion ban, but it's been blocked. So it kind of seems like it's in limbo based on what I see. But like, Let's talk, like, Amber Portwood lives in a state that abortion could be illegal very soon. 
That's really fucking scary to me because Amber Portwood needs access to abortion. Now, Amber Portwood is rich. She can easily just fly to California or Illinois or whatever to get her abortion. But it it's just it's it it is so fucking relevant. <laughs> People are like, mm, I don't like that. They just like bring up the Dobbs decision. It, they sound so stupid talking about it. And I'm like, let's talk about it more. What the fuck are we doing here if we're not going to talk about the fact that like half of these casts live in states that abortion is either banned or about to be banned or like very at risk for being banned? By the way, let's vote for Josh Shapiro in the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Because abortion is very close to being banned in Pennsylvania. If Doug Mascherano wins, which knock on wood, he's not ahead in the polls. If Doug Mascherano wins, abortion will be banned in Pennsylvania. And even if Josh Shapiro wins, they're going to get it on the fucking ballot in 2023 and they're going to make it a constitutional amendment. And it's possible that uh, abortion will be banned in Pennsylvania. Unlikely that that would pass. But 2023 is a easier to sneak things in. It, this is done strategically. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm watching this as somebody that deeply cares, obviously. But, like, this episode is airing, like, three weeks before the midterms. I honestly wish MTV did more. I was I wish MTV had a cut in in which they went through all of the midterm candidates, all of like the governors. I mean, obviously, it's more state legislators. We need like to be supporting state legislators. Pennsylvania's state legislators going to say red, unfortunately, um, which is like all of my representatives are blue right now, which is. Like the first time ever, and it's because the Democrats were able to set the map and we got redistricted and then we're going to get redistricted again and go back to being red probably for most of our reps. But (laughs) besides that, um, I wish that they were doing more and they had made them sit down and have a conversation about the importance of midterm elections, encouraging people to register to vote. Like, You have the platform of the television. You have women that have contemplated abortion, that have been pregnant on TV, that have been through the worst situations pregnant. Talk about abortion, right? Like, talk about abortion. We can never, honestly, before every episode, we should be talking about abortion on this show. They should run, like, a a midterm election update. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I It's, like, really hard for me to relate to any time people are like, we shouldn't talk about politics here. Because I'm not sure there's any media I consume that I'm like, politics shouldn't be involved here. Like, <laughs> it's just not how I think. It's not how I view the world. I think everything is political. I have for truly, uh, basically, as long as I can remember at least in seventh grade in the 2000 election in Mrs. Mahalik, my teacher, making us like obsessed with the 2000 election, right? Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't see how people can be upset that on Teen Mom, they're talking about Roe v. Wade being overturned. And I actually like thought Macy, so her Macy's storyline um, is that she is worried about Tennessee banning abortion, which it did. There is no abortion after six weeks in Tennessee <laughs> because they have heartbeat bills. And Macy's really worried that if she gets pregnant and because of her PCOS, she can't bring a baby to term, which I'm always like, how serious is Macy's PCOS? I don't know. 
that's fucked up. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but she said, like, she's really nervous that if something happens and she doesn't have a viable pregnancy, she won't be able to terminate it, which is true. That is true because here's the thing, guys. Even if that's not necessarily illegal, doctors are fucking scared. Doctors are scared. Hospitals are scared. And they're going to err on the side of not being sued or not getting arrested. So Macy's really worried. Her birth control comes out in two months, her arm birth control. And it's back to the subject of Taylor wanting – she wants Taylor to get a vasectomy. She goes to lunch with her mom, and they have a conversation about Roe v. Wade being overturned, which I thought was great. Um, I wish, in my opinion, that they had really highlighted the laws in Tennessee because Tennessee was a trigger state. And when they were having that fucking conversation, it was already banned. <laughs> like, ten- Tennessee was, like, first in line, like, knock, knock, knock. We're going to ban abortion. Um, So I wish they had like really even gone further with what they were discussing. But I thought it was great. Macy was like, abortion isn't an option for me. But can we all stop saying that? What? Why do people say that? Well, if I got pregnant, I wouldn't have an abortion. But I really support your right to choose. Who cares? Why do I give a fuck? Like what? First of all. How can you say that? (laughs) How can you say that? How can you know? You can predict the future. You can 100% for sure say that under no circumstances would you get an abortion. No, you can't fucking say that. You don't know. It's easy to say now that you wouldn't. Just like it's easy to say now, like if I got pregnant, I would absolutely get an abortion. And then you get pregnant, you're like, oops, (laughs) actually, I'm going to keep this baby. I don't want to get an abortion. Like it's so, it's so, it's not, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that people who say it are pro-life. It's something that I think has been trained into a lot of women to say because it's like they still have to let it known that it's objectable to them. And it's just not necessary. And I challenge everyone who, when discussing abortion rights, says, well, I wouldn't get an abortion, but right. Like, I just I challenge you to leave that part out because You don't, first of all, whether you would get an abortion or not is not really relevant. It's just not really relevant to the conversation. Like, you either believe that people should get abortions or they should not. And if you believe that they should, then, like, there's no, there's no reason to share that I would never, but there, there just isn't. Like, yeah, I mean, occasionally I'm sure it does come up and it's relevant to the conversation, but I, Macy didn't need to say it. And I'm, I want to make it clear, I'm really not slamming Macy because this has been like trained into women's brains, I think. I think especially people from more conservative areas. But we are taught to still view abortion as bad, right? Like we are not taught that abortion is a morally neutral perce- medical procedure, which is what it is. Abortion is morally neutral. It it just is like it just is and we're not taught that though we're taught that abortion is bad but we still support being able to get it right like that that is what we learn from society and so i understand like the desire to be like well i wouldn't get it but i do i do support because you do support and so i just i just challenge people who say that to like reel in that first part 
and just don't say it anymore, even if it is true for you, right? Like, because every time people say, like, I just won't get it, but, like, you are adding to the stigma of abortion because you're putting morality on an abortion, right? Because you would never say that about, like, any other medical procedure when discussing, like, well, I would never do that, but it just wouldn't come up. So I don't, I really don't think it's conscious that people do it. I think it is just a way that we've been, like, trained into talking about abortion. It's very similar to, like, well, it's very similar to, like, in my opinion, to, like, colorblind politics, to born this way politics. My friend Matilda and I were talking about recently how, like, she's a little younger and we were laughing how uh, Lady Gaga's born this way. We were, like, laughing about it and she's, like... Born this way seems really, like, regressive, honestly. Like, who cares how people are born? If they want to be queer, they're allowed to be queer. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) that is so true. But, like, for my generation, like, there was nothing more progressive than being like, gay people are born that way, okay? Nobody chooses to be gay. You have to accept them. They didn't choose it, okay? Okay, you have to accept them because that's just how they were born. (laughs) Like... Like when I hadn't thought about it, honestly, until like for some reason we we're talking about that song and she brought it up and I was like, I have genuinely never thought of it. But yeah, that's regressive as fuck. Like People are allowed to choose to be queer if they want to. You know what I mean? Like people are allowed to choose to have same sex relationships if they want to. People are allowed to choose their gender. Like This idea that, like, it's only okay if somebody was born that way is so fucked up. But it was so progressive for a long time. And that's kind of how I feel about the I wouldn't have one but conversation. That it served its purpose as we, like, culturally moved from this is really bad to, like, we're accepting this. And now we have moved as a society another branch forward. And it's why we're no longer colorblind. And by we, I mean white people. It's why white people are trying to no longer be colorblind. It's why we don't, or at least I think we shouldn't be like, it's okay to be gay because you're born that way. No, it's okay to be gay if you want to be gay because it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Like, Because it's nobody's business if somebody was born that way or is choosing it. It doesn't fucking matter. It's like people are allowed to live their lives how they want. It has zero impact on anybody else. And abortion is morally neutral and we don't need to state our personal beliefs on it before stating that we support the right to choose. Okay. (laughs) How's everybody feeling? (laughs) Do you think maybe this is the reason that my Team Mom podcast isn't the number one Team Mom podcast? (laughs) Do you think maybe that people don't love a TV podcast that spends 20 minutes ranting about abortion rights? Maybe, maybe. That's maybe a thing. Uh, in Macy's segment, they do decide that Taylor is going to do a consultation for it. I think that's really great. I'm definitely curious about Macy getting off birth control to treat the PCOS because I was always under the assumption that birth control helps PCOS, but also I don't I don't know. And I guess I can't really blame her because she said for the last eight years, she's either been pregnant or on birth control. And I don't blame her for wanting to get off it and see if not being on it like helps her make it worse. Uh, And Taylor, it's time. Macy's mom is like, I told daddy that it was time. (laughs) Now, Taylor has to have it. It's his time. 
He does call Tyler because, you know, before anybody on Teen Mom makes a decision now, they must call a cast member that has a similar situation. (laughs) They also, like, have this conversation in front of the kids, which I found interesting. Um, I don't know. It's not that I think that kids shouldn't know what a vasectomy is, but I do think, like, the we haven't made a decision yet conversation is weird to have in front of the kids because Macy's like, Bentley, you want another baby brother? And he's like, no. And then she asks Jade and Maverick if they want another baby. And Jade's like, yeah, I want a baby brother. And they're like, Jade, you have one. He's sitting right next to you. And she goes, no, a baby. (laughs) Macy's like, they grow up. (laughs) And then Maverick, who is really cute, goes, I want a pug. (laughs) So cute. I want a pug. <laughs> so I was like, that's a dog. <laughs> that's the cutest little age when they're like so aware and like having full conversations, but still very like not aware and silly. It's so cute. But I don't know. Macy's like, see, nobody here wants a baby. You have to schedule the appointment. I feel like it's just something that you talk about with the kids after the fact, not in the decision making process. Um, But yeah, I love it. I love this storyline. I know. Can you guys believe it? I love this storyline. I don't actually love, like, once again, having it. Is Taylor going to get a vasectomy storyline? But I love the fact that that Macy's like, you're having the vasectomy because I can't get an abortion here anymore. So you better figure this fucking shit out. You better figure it out. You, like, this is why we're getting it. Not because I don't want to be on birth control. Not because I don't want more kids. But because of Dobbs. And I'm like, yes! Amazing. I went to, um, my best friend spoke at a, a uh, Hadassah. If you know what Hadassah is, like, it's a Jewish women's organization that, I don't know, it doesn't have the best, I'm, I don't really, like, do stuff like that, right? Because I'm not so, I, I just don't necessarily, like, morally align with everything that Hadassah stands for. But she was asked to speak at it because she is, like, a doula and a birth care educator, and she's orthodox. And so she was asked to speak, like, the orthodox perception of abortion because this was, like, a Jewish perspective on abortion event. And it was amazing, and she did fucking amazing. She's brilliant. Perfect. Uh, I was so glad I was like able last minute to be there. It was lovely. By the way, I was like walking into the JCC because she like left ahead of me. And I just saw these like four beautiful women with like flowing gray hair and like baggy, loose linen clothing on. And I was like, "Ah, I can't wait to be an old Jewish lady. Just can't wait. Um, I love old Jewish women. But she did great. And they had an endocrinologist, like IVF person there who was really incredible. He gave a really incredible talk about personhood and how it would affect embryos and IVF. And it was, it was brilliant. Honestly, it was, I like, it was kind of, it was stuff I like knew, but it was really eye opening when to just hear it again, when he's like, so what are we going to do if they declare a fetus to be a person is an embryo than a person? And then will IVF have to be removed? Will IVF no longer be legal? <sighs> oh gosh, just it's just a lot. Um, so yeah, kudos to MTV, kudos to Macy. Uh, Macy does live in a very conservative area, and so I definitely appreciate her as somebody in Tennessee 
making a storyline in which her husband is going to get a vasectomy because abortion is no longer legal effectively in Tennessee. So mazel to them. Okay, we were talking about Shy, but I got off topic. But Cheyenne is going to get her boob fixed, and she's all flipped out about it, which I understand. I feel so awful for her. She, like, she gets, um, she has a surgery planned out, like, Ace is at somebody's house, Ryder's at Corey's. She calls and, to, like, I guess be like, I'm coming in, and they're like, oh, that actor got food poisoning. We have to reschedule. And the confusing thing, though, is that Cheyenne's, um, Cheyenne's, what's it called? Her bachelorette party is, like, less than a month away. And so she's flipped out because the date, like, will be in conflict with her bachelorette party and everybody's already paid for it. I understand. Why wouldn't you wait until after the bachelorette party to get it then? I don't know. Because when she does end up getting the appointment, she's having the bachelorette party in less than two weeks. And there's been a lot of talk online that Cheyenne got a BBL when she did this and like a whole mommy makeover. And she made a post that was like, no, they just used fat from like my upper torso in my boob, which is definitely a thing that they do now. And she's like, I've always had a butt. You just I look smaller now up top. So it's making my butt look bigger, which I I believe I don't think that she would have been able to go to Vegas for a bachelorette. I don't think they would have cleared her to go on a bachelorette trip two weeks after a BBL because a BBL is a really serious surgery. If you'll remember Jade's episode, um, do you think she would have been on her bachelorette trip two weeks after that? No, (laughs) she was like withering in pain for the first two weeks. I I to me, it just I thought it seemed early that she'd be going on that trip just with the boob stuff. Um, And they also I didn't hear them talk about it, that they were doing the lipo stuff um, on her torso. I I just didn't hear them say that on the show, but maybe they did. Uh, I get why people think she had a BBL because she's on the show Teen Mom and they've all had BBLs. <laughs> and like she went under surgery and is looking thinner and blah, blah, blah. But I, I personally think that she still looks proportional. I don't think she had one. I think... It would have been really hard to hide if she did the full mommy makeover of it all because we, we've we seen Jade, we've seen Amber, like we've seen them, Brie, we've seen them recovering from these and we didn't see uh, Cheyenne in that state. But she gets it. Everything is fine. She's feeling better. So I'm happy for Shy, but I really hope that she has decided to go to therapy. Okay. Um... Let's talk about Caitlin and Tyler, who they, in their episodes, realize that Veda isn't talking much. Veda, at this point, I think is like two and a half during filming, and they are concerned because she's had a lot of ear infections, and they're worried that maybe her not talking has something to do with her ear infections, or maybe her hearing is messed up. Uh, So they take her to an ENT who is like, well, she's kind of on the border for tubes in her ears because I guess the it's like you either get two ear infections in six months or three in a year or something like that. And she had two this year uh, and she didn't currently have fluid in her ears. So I think he was like, we don't really recommend it. They did her hearing test. It went fine. She has good hearing, which is great. And then 
he's like, okay, so I'm going to set you up with a, a speech therapist because I think that's the next step. And in the doctor's office, they're like, mm-hmm, 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 that's great. Then they're at home with April, who, by the way, got a really bad haircut. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has eyes on April, but her hair is something this season. Um, she, It's, like, very short and spiky on top. It's not great. But they're like, Caitlin goes, do you think Veda needs speech therapy? And I said, who the fuck are you asking, Caitlin? You're asking April if you think that your child should go to speech therapy. Because April has experience taking her children to specialists. April has parenting advice. What the fuck are we doing here? What are you talking about? I I don't know. I can't imagine, I think... It is because my family is, like, very pro-medicine, and first of all, I think that's, like, a Jewish thing in general. Um, My cousin actually is, my cousin's wife is about to have a baby through IVF, and I was at his baby shower last weekend, and he told me that they had, like, nine embryos or some crazy high amount, and the doctor was like, you know, you can do the genetic testing, but... I really don't think you should. It's only like a 33% chance that something is wrong. And he was like, um, 33% chance is really high. I believe in medicine. I'm Jewish. Do the test. And they did. And the one that they wanted to implant wasn't viable. It like had an issue. So good thing they did the testing. And now she's, I think she's 36 weeks pregnant or something right now. Thank God. It's amazing. Science is amazing. They tried for a while to get pregnant. They couldn't. She does the egg transfer. They get nine embryos and then she's pregnant on her first embryo transfer. So truly best case scenario when it comes to IVF. But I I don't know. I started going to a speech therapist. I was my speech therapist's youngest ever client at, I believe, 18 months old. <laughs> and the reason was because my brother was going to speech therapy because my brother had made up a language of his own. And also had a speech impediment. He couldn't say his R's. And then my mom brought me with her to pick my brother up. And the speech therapist heard me talk and was like, get this girl in speech therapy. And I'm internally grateful she did because, as I've talked about, I couldn't say my R's when I was a child. I was in speech therapy at school until I was, I think, in fifth grade. Um, I don't know. I just, like, I am somebody that if a doctor is, like, take your kid to speech therapy, I'm like, yeah, we're going to speech therapy. And I I wonder if it's just because, like, I had early interventions. I have learning disabilities that were diagnosed pretty early and, like, were treated with specialists. And I don't know. I My family is just a family that's, like, if the doctor says you need a specialist, you need to go to the fucking specialist. You know, like, you don't second guess it. Like, you get your ass to speech therapy and it works, right? Like, it works. And I I understand that comes from a privileged position, but Caitlin and Tyler are in a privileged position, right? Like, they could afford to go to the ENT. They can afford to go to the best speech therapist in Michigan, probably. So I'm not saying, like, if people who can't afford it don't go, I understand that. Fucking sucks. America sucks. Healthcare sucks. But, like, as far as Caitlin and Tyler go, I cannot understand their hesitance. And I remember they were very similar with something with um, Nova. Remember, like, her reading? She was having trouble reading and the teacher was, like, she's, like, falling behind and they were, like, really hesitant to deal with it. And 
when April was like, I don't, I think you can wait. I'm like, why are we asking April this? And Caitlin goes, that's what I think. And Tyler's like, me too. And April's like, she's already speaking more because she's going to preschool now. And Tyler's like, we're going to ask her teacher because her teacher will know. And I'm like, look, I fucking love teachers. I love preschool teachers. I love early educators of all time. I do think it's great to ask a teacher's opinion. I definitely think teacher is probably like the first line of defense that you go to. If you're like, I'm noticing my kid isn't talking. Does this concern you because you're a child educator and you deal with children all day and this is your career and I trust you? But the teacher is usually the first one you go to and then you go to the ENT who tells you to go to the speech pathologist. Like, is a speech therapist the same thing as a speech pathologist? It is, right? I think it is. Uh, But you don't, the idea that like the ENT tells you something and you're like, I think we'll ask the teacher instead is very weird to me. That doesn't make a lot of sense. There's no harm in bringing her to speech therapy, right? Like she could go to three sessions and the speech therapist could be like, I don't really think she needs this. There, there's no reason to not go. Like they have the money, they have the resources, they have the ability. Take that little girl to speech therapy And then if the speech therapist doesn't think it's necessary, then you don't go back. Like, uh, I I don't get it. I, I, on it, it's obviously like a difference in how we were raised. uh, But I can't, first of all, I can't imagine getting on television and being like, I don't think we're going to listen to the ENT. (laughs) I would be so embarrassed. I think that is a big difference between me and people on reality TV is a level of shame that I feel essentially at all times about my decisions. Like, I would be too embarrassed to get on TV and admit that I'm ignoring the ENT's instructions. I really would. So I guess they're not taking her to speech therapy, which is fucking crazy. Just take her to the speech therapist. We didn't really check in with Leah this episode. Um, Ashley has decided that she's going to apply to nursing school in Vegas, and she's going to get in, or she does get in, um... I'm a little unsure why she has to go to one in Vegas. Uh, she says that she wants to open a med spa. I don't think you can do that as an RN. Because even, like, to do injectables without, like, somebody over you, don't you have to go to, like, a don't you have to be a nurse practitioner or physician's, assist- physician's assistant? I guess her long-term goal could be uh, RN to nurse practitioner. So my friend is doing right now. She's about to finish her nurse practitioner school. And she was an RN. So maybe that is her long-term goal. But I don't really know why they have to move to Vegas. She didn't really understand what, like, explain why. But they are a little nervous about the alcohol and the partying in Vegas. But they're right that, you know, they say, like, it does. there's alcohol everywhere. You can't move away from alcohol. Um, and I definitely think that's true. But I do think it's worth considering that bar has a pretty storied past in Vegas and when it comes to partying and that should be worth considering but if they think that he's fine who am I to say he's not so they're gonna move to Vegas I I mean I guess bar's like what about the spa and she's like oh it's fine now and I'm like what she's like my co-owner will run it I'm like what It's a little confusing to me that you would, like, start a business and then move away for two years. 
that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, um, even if you do have a co-owner. But okay. Uh, Jade's segment, she gets engaged. It's actually pretty nice. Sean does this whole elaborate surprise for her. Uh, she is, like, sobbing at the end. She's so happy. Look, have Sean and Jade been engaged 22 times at this point? Yes. As a viewer, and I'm like, okay, we've seen this before. Yes, absolutely. But I am extremely proud of Sean. I think he's doing so well. He is an entirely different person. I can't remember the last time on reality TV I have felt like I have watched someone go from active drug drug addiction to true recovery the way that Sean has done it. And it's been, I think, really lovely to watch. I mean, to see him go from the extended treatment that he was at for four months or whatever, then come back and just be a different person has been really amazing. And I think that it should be highlighted constantly. And do I think it's a little silly to do the engagement and stuff again? Yeah, of course it's a little silly. But does Sean seem like genuinely in a better place? Yes. Like I I just feel so happy for them. And I, I hope that he's still in that good place. They just announced that they set the date for next fall, which is cool. Good for them. Do I think Sean and Jade are like the best couple on planet Earth? Like, no, of course I don't. But just like as far as Sean goes, I just am really, really proud of him. And I'm not sure that it's like getting enough credit because I think just people don't care about Sean and Jade that much and nobody watches the show but us. Uh, But in general, I just think it's, it's just, it's really, it's really commendable and I'm really proud of him. Okay, uh, we're going to bring it home. Did you know when somebody asked me if I was saying home reminded me of that? Somebody asked me if I exaggerated my Philadelphia accent on this podcast. And I was like, I don't really think I have a strong accent. (laughs) I think about that all of the time. It's so funny to me. They really were like, if you're listening, it was like, I wasn't offended whatsoever. It's such a non-offensive question. It's a reasonable question. I just like was so caught off guard because I was like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Not exaggerating my accent in any way, shape or form. I actually think that I don't have a very strong accent at all. And I just heard it when sometimes I do hear it, like I I hear it in my voice and I just heard it on home, which sometimes I definitely like hear myself go like home, like I really draw it out. Um, Not on purpose, though. Uh, It just makes me laugh. I like, do you exaggerate it? (laughs) No. If anything, I think I'm trying to minimize it. (laughs) Like, I, I, I really, this is just how I talk. I mean, thankfully, I, I I don't think I have, like, some crazy strong accent. It's just, I'm, I don't live in an area with, like, a crazy strong accent. I'm not full mayor of Easttown. Oh, my God. <laughs> I First of all, I'm still chasing the high of that mayor of Easttown episode. You know which one I'm talking about. If you haven't watched mayor, you should watch it. But the episode that I was watching live and, like, happened to be looking at Twitter for and everybody, like, lost their fucking minds. The next day, my mom was watching. I was listening to her watching. I heard her scream suddenly. And I was like, oh, she's at the part. Uh, That episode was so fucking good. There hasn't been a TV episode like that for me in a while. I've been watching The Patient on Hulu with Steve Carell. It's good. 
it's good. The episodes are like 23 minutes long, which is very weird. Um, but it's interesting, I guess. I'm almost finished. I don't know. It's not bad, but it's also not particularly good. But yeah, I don't have a Mare of Easttown accent, I don't think. Okay, so Amber loses custody of James. Well, she doesn't. That's the thing. She doesn't lose custody of James. They're really not presenting this well, in my opinion. They're making it seem as if Amber has lost all her maternal or paternal parental rights. She hasn't. Actually, Amber, as we discussed back when this was decided, Amber has actually gained more in terms of custody, but they have allowed James to move to California. And I do understand she's very upset about it. Um, I, I don't love that they're framing this as like, she lost it because judges think that mentally ill people like can't raise children. And it's like, yes, that's a thing. Um, but I, here's the thing. The judge in the ruling, like referenced her inability to handle her emotions in court, which I do remember reading that like around the time of the Amber Heard trial. And did you guys all see that? That fucking Pelosi guy was an Amber or was a Johnny Depp supporter, but really just an Amber Heard hater. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The Pelosi attacker. Yeah, because it's a fucking terrible side to be on. But I do remember reading that and being like, I don't know. Was she just showing any emotions? Like, it's hard to tell. The judge also referenced the book uh, and that the book didn't make her look good, which to me, it's like. Yeah, you shouldn't put out a book about, like, your struggles with mental illness while you're trying to win custody of your child. Like, it's just not a great idea, you know? And I don't know. I just, I really, I really feel for her. Please don't get me wrong. I really feel for her. But I I don't know. How many visits did Amber miss? You know? How many visits? I also don't, she's like, all this says is that people, uh, she says something like, and because I postpartum depression, I can't get better because I'm a woman. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> also the way she talks about it, it's all me, 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 me. She never references James's best interests. I don't know if anybody notices this, but she's like, he loves me. That kid loves me. Um, he said, hold on. She said, I, this is what she said. I've done so much for James. That boy adores me. He adores me. I can't believe that will be taken away from me. And like that to me kind of sums it up, right? Because that's a weird way to talk about your son being allowed to move away from you. I don't know. It's just like, first of all, her being like, I've done so much for James. You're his mother. You're his mother. You're supposed to do a lot for him. That's a very bizarre way to talk about a toddler. I've done so much for them. What does that mean? What do you mean you've done so much for James? You've paid for him to live in that house. Yes, but he's your child. You should be paying for him to live somewhere. You go to visits with him. And you have been trying to take care of your mental health for him. But like, you're his mother. That. That doesn't, it's like so bare minimum. Then she's like, that boy adores me. He adores me. And it's like, okay, I I don't know. Like, 
the way that I would expect somebody to be talking about this would be like, I've tried so hard. I go to every single visit. I, you know, I went to probation. I have been petitioning the court. I fought tooth and nail. Uh, I, you know, James and I are so bonded. I'm so upset. I'm really worried about what this will mean for him. How is this going to affect like his future? Just like it's all about Amber and how it impacts Amber. And I think it's because Amber is so narcissistic in many ways that like when she's talking about herself, she is assuming that we understand that she's also talking about James because James is just an extension of herself. But that's not true. Um, Yeah, she said she's feeling like she's being told she's a piece of shit for having postpartum and being a woman. Mm, mm, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I'm really not so sure. Then she goes on this really weird tangent, which she's like, they say he has family in California. What family? What family does he have in California? Huh? Who are they? What family are they talking about? Were his family? And she's talking to Christina and uh, Gary, and she's like, me, you, we're the family. You and I, Gary, we're co-parenting. This is the family that we've built. Did the judge see any of that? No, 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 he didn't. I'm like, what? Yes, Leah is James's family for sure. And I do think his sibling should be considered when deciding if he can move away or not. Absolutely. Do I think that James's relationship with Christina and Gary and Amber's relationship with Christina and Gary should be considered with the courts when deciding, like, where James is allowed to live? Not necessarily. Do I, like, Gary and Christina are Amber's family. I'm not saying they're not, but... It was a very weird rant. And when she's like, and who's this family in California? Who fucking lives there? It's like his grandmother, his aunt, his uncle, his cousins, I believe. Like, what does she mean what family lives there? Like, they've been clear on what family lives there. It was very bizarre to me that she was making it seem like Andrew doesn't have family in California, which once again kind of shows me that Amber's not necessarily, like, living on planet Earth. Um, Like, this is sad, but also there's no talk of, like, there's no optimism here. There's no talk of, like, her plans going forward. And that could be editing, right? It could be that she's just really upset. But you would think Amber would be like, this really fucking sucks. But you know what? I've got the money, and I'm going to fly out there every month. I'm allowed to have him overnight now, so I'm going to be able to get an Airbnb, and we're going to have him overnight, and I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm going to show that judge that I deserve to get, like, a lot of time with him, and that he'll be able to come live in Indiana for summer and spend, like, months here at a time. Like, she didn't lose access to James, which is how she's talking. She's talking like she's never going to be allowed to see him again, when in reality, she's at least according to the court schedule, she's going to have more access to him. Will she have to fly to California to do it? Yeah, but Amber doesn't have a regular job and she makes $600,000 a year. So why can't she fly to California once a month? Why can't she do that? And he's going to have to bring James to her and she's going to get unsupervised overnights. This is the first time she's going to have unsupervised visits with him. You think that that would be like part of the conversation because she really was 
given quite a lot. Yes, he's able to, he's moving away. And I, I re, I'm not discounting that at all. But she really has been given, in terms of custody, like, way more than she has now. And the fact that she, like, refuses to even acknowledge that, once again, kind of leads me to believe that this isn't about actually seeing James. This is about her perception of James being taken from her. Because wouldn't you think she'd be like, this really fucking sucks, but you know what? I'm getting overnights with him. And that's what I've wanted for so long. And I'm really happy about that. And I'm going to do everything I can to get to every fucking visit with him. I'm curious um, how much time she's spent with him since then. I'm definitely, I'm definitely curious if she's been going to California or not. <sighs> that's it for this week. If you want to hear more from me, go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Become a patron. This comes out on the 30th, but in two days it'll be the first, which is the best day of the month to sign up for Patreon. So go sign up. Uh, yeah, I think next week we're going to do uh, some throwback episodes, unless something explosive and crazy happens that I want to cover this, which feels unlikely, but I guess you never know. Oh, I totally forgot about Bray. Oh, really quickly, Brie is dating that security guard that we heard about, Bobby. He's 45. He lives in Detroit. He's on camera. He seems nice, I guess, right? He seems fine. And her other thing is that she's getting an apartment and she's moving out of her mom's house. And I think a lot of people are confused because that's, Brie owns that house, but from the moment she bought it, she always said she's buying that house for her mom. She's buying it in cash so that her mom can live there for the rest of her life and not have to worry about paying a mortgage. And Brie's goal was always to move out of that house. So that's not really explained well on the show, but that's always what she said. So Brie's getting an apartment and she's going to live on her own and Roxanne's actually happy and supportive. So I'm happy for her. I hope that she actually sticks to it. Okay, with that, now we're out. Sorry for forgetting Brie. Sorry, Brie girl. <laughs> I will talk to you all again next week. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.